Hello everyone, uh, this is your captain speaking. This is Captain Hardy White of the USS ASMR. And I hope that you are relaxing on our current flight. Before we boarded, you were asked, what would you like for your final meal? And you said, my final meal? I said, no, your final meal before you blast off into into space. Well, we lost one of our engines, but we only need the one. And you said, well, I don't know what I want for my meal. And I did because I have a culinary bucket list. I don't call it a bucket list because that's gross. I call it engines back on. Fantastic. The bucket list. I call it a bowl list. What are the things that I would like a bowl of before I die? Or go on a trip, in this case. And one is ice cream. Your, your ice cream, your homemade ice cream. I'd love it. And uh, you say, well, I'm, I'm, I am vegan. Well, it doesn't have to be made with milk. It can be made with anything, really. I don't uh, pencil shaving syrup or something be lovely. Now, where are we headed, Captain? As you know, on these deep space missions, they don't like to tell you what your mission is because no matter what something is, what, no matter what your goal is, over time, you will begin to question it and say, why am I even bothering? What's the point of this thing? So rather than that happen to your main mission, they just tell it to you once you get there. And that way you can just make something up and become disenchanted with that. And then your main goal is achieved. Then we'll tell you what it was. <clears throat> Pardon me, I'm clearing my throat because I've had so many of these ASMR Captain chocolates. And why do they give you those? To build phlegm. And uh, why build phlegm? Well, it helps with the sound of our voice it's more for some people it's a desirable sound I remember the first time I heard Prairie Home Companion I thought that man needs to drink a glass of water or rinse out his lips or something I'm hearing very gluey saliva and I thought I was hearing I wanted I tuned in for a variety show actually I just tuned in because somebody I knew from Tallahassee was going to be on singing and I thought well I can take this stale humor and uh, I couldn't. I couldn't. Bless and it was probably the sound of the voice. I have always been, I'll try to keep it down. Oh my gosh, I'm the loudest ASMR deep space pilot there has ever been. Why? Because I just get enthusiastic, especially because these flights, these interstellar ones, are very long. Very long. And there's only, even if you have one of those spacious suites, like on the new Airbus A350-1000, uh, which is the, uh, what do you call it, the head of the fleet, the fleet master, isn't it? the flagship of uh, Air Japan or one of those. Beautiful. Just you, you say, welcome, could you come, come into my little cabin? But it isn't a true cabin. They haven't gotten there yet. They still look like work cubicles. So even if you're the richest person on earth, uh, you still, your first class on a jumbo jet basically looks like a work cubicle. Come on in, I'm almost finished with this. What are you doing? I'm watching this. It's one of these Seth Rogen movies or something. And um, But that's what you do on the plane. You watch wonderful first runs, first, second, third run, straight to streaming movies that you wouldn't necessarily have the time for if you weren't on a plane or in prison or on a I wish you could do it more on an oil platform but I remember back in the day seeing all these warnings saying don't have movie parties on oil platforms and then I went back and I looked at these episodes of MASH and I thought they're showing all these 16 millimeter movies and everything like that do they have permission and I went and I did some research and a lot of times they don't, so I sued on behalf of all these movies. That's why I'm rich. That's a lie. That's silly. I, I didn't do that. 
And I'm not rich. Maybe I am rich. You know, it's all relative. The whole world is like that. Things are relative. And you literally are. So I'm very poor. You're rich to somebody. I doubt it. I bet you are. I doubt it, doubt it. But you may be. Well, because there's an animal or something. All right. Well, that, well, their feelings matter too. That's an existence. How you doing? Are you sleeping well? I'm sorry about the engine going in and out. I, I know it's hard to believe, but we don't need but the one. Why? Because we're in space. Actually, we're just catapulting through space. And I know that our memories have been wiped and blah, 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 blah. But I truly don't believe there's a, there's a point or a goal to it. And you go, of course there is. We're, we're, like, we're probably a mining crew. And that is pretty, that's true. But let's say that isn't it. Well, why would they spend money to just send us into space? So that we would get a good night's sleep. It all seems very obvious to me. Is that why everything is that kind of dark blue light? Isn't it lovely? And we're just going to nappy-poo our whole lives away. We don't have to do anything. Just sleep. And we'll have the deep rumble of our engine or engines, depending on how our luck is going. And again, it's not luck. doesn't matter. If they all go out, it doesn't matter because I think we still careen. And then whatever has the most gravity, which is where we're all about that, because we're very serious people. So the, the gravest thing in the universe, like a black hole, we would go into. You said grave and gravity like it's the same thing. Oh, my goodness. What do you, Gravitas means, do you know what that means? It means you're so serious that you suck all the delight and joy and information out of a room. I know people like that, and I try to be, oh, my goodness, as heavy as I try to be, uh, you're not heavy. You're my black hole, and you're my black hole son, and I will never, you will always be that to me, and I love you, and I don't care if your event horizon has all the information of the universe stuck on it, like gum on, on chewing gum rock in Stone Mountain, Georgia, and uh, that's I'm giving you a physics lesson using something disgusting, a disgusting cultural icon. That's how I see myself, really, as a disgusting cultural icon. I guess I'm not, there it is, not disgusting, maybe, and not a cultural icon, really, just your friend and your captain. Not your captain like captain my captain. I'm not in charge of anything. I'm driving the, you know, the subway driver isn't your captain really i guess if you got completely isolated you know well we, we should really defer to the subway driver officially this is his vessel so i don't know if those circumstances would come up he can marry or she can marry you too that's a great thing about being any kind of piloting any vessel so if you want to get married you ought to just jump on like a tugboat and say captain my captain marry me so to whom? And you go, I'll be right back. But anything, the ferry. Um, I was on a Uber boat. They've got Uber boats in on the Thames. And I got on one, and they all look, all the fellas working on the boat were uh, wonderful. I'd seen them all in, in the movies. Because any of those, they look like... I know they'd be characters I'd seen on the BBC only has 15 actors. And I imagine some of them have day jobs Ubering down the river. So uh, I did that. And, uh, oh, I hope you're floating. And then when I met the captain, uh, we didn't really meet. Our eyes met. And he knew I was a captain. And I knew he was a captain. And then we did a handshake where we tickled each other's wrists. I guess that's a, what is that? Is that, um, that's one of the fraternities, secret fraternities. I don't want to pretend I'm in one in case it goes too far. And then I'm at the meeting and then we're doing, why doesn't this guy know all the chants? Somebody did that at like, um, I think it was like at Freaknik or something with, where they were pretending to be in a sorority and they weren't, in, uh, and they go do the dance and they couldn't do the dance and it was very embarrassing. I don't want that to happen to me and I hope it doesn't 
Oh, I want you to rest. Are you resting? I want you to close your eyes now. And you're floating through space. Why are you floating through space? You don't know. It's very disconcerting. Will I ever see the sun again? No. How am I going to get my vitamin D? And also, I thought that the sun was important for my circadian rhythms and everything. And I thought I would go mad without it. And, and I say, just you rest. Don't worry about that. There's a, well, I'll give you a pill. There might be one. Or there's just so many films are so bright, brightly lit. That's sunny enough. The sun can be bad for you. I, you know what we've done? We've set up, I call it 70s hotel bathroom. And if you look, can I direct your attention to the ceiling? What are those three lamps? Exactly. This is so exciting. I can't wait to tell you about the 70s. So let's say you go into the bathroom, and there'll be three different types of lamps. One is a lamp, a red one, that normally we see that they used to keep hamburgers warm with. And it's like a red warming lamp. And I don't know if you could even get a bulb for one. Watch the comments boards and be like, I could find, I just found one. But it, it, you wouldn't want one. I don't know, unless you had an old, let's say, I've got a vintage, i got a 1980 Arby's. Well, then go get one, because you probably need a whole case. But these were in hotel, like your Ramada, bathroom, ceiling, or rich folk. Rich folk have things in their homes, which you normally only see in hotels, like maids and intercoms. Hear me out. Then there was a second lamp that was a suntan lamp. I'm serious. It was ultraviolet, deadly ultraviolet radiation or something like that. In the 40s, they had a third x-ray one. I might as well get x-rayed since I'm nude in the bathroom. Uh, maybe they did those. Oh, I'm looking good. Look at your sound bones. X-rays were used for everything before you... Uh, May I x-ray your your pelvis before I put the napkin on your lap, sir, at fancy restaurants. You know, oh, yes, I want to get make sure I'm exactly on your lap. So they'd x-ray, just shoot the x-rays right at your groin like that at fancy restaurants. So can you even believe it? And then there was a regular, I think then there was just a regular light say, look, I just want to put my makeup on, take a shower. I want to wash myself. Why would you need vision for that? Well, you don't. If you've ever gotten soap in your eyes, you know you can keep, you can keep on washing. Sometimes I'll get soap on my face and I can't open my eyes, and I say, "Well, I'm just, I'll get it at the end." It doesn't really bother me, and I, you know, and I see if I can keep my balance without my eyes. I do that all the time. I sometimes I do it on the subway. Don't. I don't know why. Other people don't want you to do experiments like balance experiments on the people mover at the airport or public transport or uber ferries on the thames my wonderful novel that has been so forgotten now uber ferry on the thames i would like to announce now the cabin crew is coming around um, to collect stories about peanuts and we're going to put together a wonderful little zine that's all the contributions from all the passengers and their little reflections on it can be a poem or a little vignette or just one line or something that you remember about peanuts even if it's I'm allergic go ahead write it down and we're gonna cabin crew is gonna collect that they're gonna take it to the arts and crafts room and we're gonna put together a little commemorative zine which you'll note take with you when we get to our ultimate destination, which is, we don't know. You know you're not allowed to. Don't go in this room of secrets. I caught some of you trying to get back there during sleepy nap time. I said, I'm going to get into the room of secrets and see what we're really doing here, what this trip is all about. We can't just be floating in space for no reason. Again, mining mission is number one. But you know, that just might be in your head because of aliens. Listen, a lot of what you know about reality as assumptions you know I always say to you I don't know what's right or wrong and that's true it's very difficult I try to think about it all the time but I am also burdened with really not knowing what's real oh that's silly is it though 
because I'm constantly, my worldview is adjusting. And sometimes the things that are adjusting are foundational. So when your worldview changes, but it changes at the foundational level, you must say, oh, there's a paradigm shift. It's not, that's a, that is a uh, inaccurate and uh, insufficient phrase. And I really believe it's like getting, you're getting a new foundation. And the new foundation, sometimes it has the same footprint, as they say in the building industry. But it's a different thing altogether. Oh, there we go. Now we can go faster and won't perish. No, I'm kidding. We could have really done it with uh, no engines again. Oh, we're drifting in space. Here's all the things we're going to do. We, this, is, this is not a cruise ship. This is a lifestyle. So if you never get off the ship, it's not a cruise. The break would be you get, you get like a week off to work in a factory. But here you're on the cruise full time. And you don't know where you're headed, but you need to do something. Why? People always think, I've got to occupy my time or I'll go crazy. Well, I don't know. That sounds like a conspiracy, but okay. Hop on this treadmill, sucker. But here you go. If you must occupy your time, we have a lot of things going. We have classic, you know, I don't want to give any credit to anybody that's evil for anything, but the Nazis did sort of innovate the sort of organized vacation where there's something to do all the time. They had a ski vacation and a cruise, say, all the time, exercising or exercising on vacation. Isn't that wonderful? There's other things, too. You can get, like, a rectal exam or anything that you that normally would ruin a normal person's vacation. It, so let's see what we're going to do on this trip. What's scheduled? Well, there's a variety show. Always, if you're going on a cruise or any kind of thing, there's a variety show. What is our version of that? And that would be our annual passenger talent show. Catches people off guard because they go, I don't really, I didn't think there'd be a talent show. I didn't bring anything. I didn't bring any props. We love that. So we love to see the passengers uh, scouring the ship to find something to use as a prop for their act. And we had one fella come up and say, Are you, can I use the ice sculpture from the buffet? And for, we said, for what? He said, for a dance partner. And Because uh, we're doing this recreation of uh, uh, Gene Kelly, Judy Garland, Me and My Gal, 1942. And I want to do it with a piece of ice instead of Judy Garland. And I don't know and uh, so people do like that, and and you can make you can use uh, make you can use the captain's makeup. Um, spaceship captains have a little makeup kit because we meet lots of people from other cultures, and some of those other cultures require our, their things to be things on our faces, painted on our faces. Or um, if I go to some meetings in some space planet cultures and I have not there's not my face is not completely silver it's disgusting to them it's disgusting it's just like my seeing my butt or something say where why and there's silver all over your face now the first couple times a Buddy Epson what does that mean well Buddy Epson uh, if you don't remember Buddy Epson from Jed Clampett from uh, Beverly Hillbillies I don't know what that is Barnaby Jones. Barnaby Jones, is that like Charles Dickens' Barnaby Rudge? No. Again, anyway, he was an actor, and he was going to be in uh, Wizard of Oz. What's that? And he was going to play the Tin Man. I don't know what you're talking about. So Buddy Epson did it, and he showed up, and they smeared <clears throat> silver makeup on him. And I think it was like really just like silver paint. I th maybe they even painted him. But they put it all over his self and like that's awful like of course he had a bad reaction like almost suffocated because they're clogging his pores with all this stuff and and uh, and so it sent him to the hospital he had to drop out and his job was not there when he returned because they had figured out like, oh we messed up the makeup we got it down now and your replacement is doing fine so that was, it was a little jarring for him but then Jack Haley stepped in and now we know He's even more famous. Like, oh, Jack Haley, I've heard of. Exactly. And so they smeared him with the silver. Now, what does that have to do with this? 
Well, when I say I buddy Epson, the first time I visited these aliens, I wiped the their traditional silver makeup on myself, and it was awful. I just immediately started to burn. I feel I felt it burn, and then I felt like I couldn't get my breath, and then I felt like everything was like everything was ironic. And I know that's kind of a subtle symptom, but it's just like, God, really? That's how I, everything I would just look at that and go, I, no, really? That's just too on the nose, I was saying. So that's a, that's a subtle thing, but the burning and the itching, I guess, is probably the worst. Oh, my gosh. There's a, um, er, er, um, ergot, which is a poison that happens if you win an Emmy, a uh, Tony, uh, an Oscar, a Grammy, and um, a, Ra- a Rory. What's a Rory? Don't, you don't want to win one because then you become poisoned and you have something that used to be called St. Saint, Saint Elmo's Fire, I think. I'm not making that up. I know. It's not a, like a lightning. It was St. Something's Fire because it burned. There's ergot. And you get it from wheat. Or I guess you could get it from just that slice of bread right there if there's some kind of poison on it. They might have sprays for it now. You should be spraying. If you're not spraying your bread, I don't know what to tell you by now. That's one of those things where I'm telling you your whole life changes and that you realize, what? You mean the whole that whole time? I've been doing something I've lacked a critical piece of knowledge. Yeah. And then you think, what else don't I know? And boy, that's a... What a deep, dark place that is. That's the space we're floating in now. I love you. It's going to be okay. I just hope that you find out a lot of people, I hope. Um, you don't want really, I, you know, you, we used to say, who's we? Me and my f- friends, these kind of immortal uh, beings that float around, saying, well, and people be enlightened and everything. And then it just, we realize they're just ruining it for them. And, uh, you know, it's just a lot more fun if you pretend. Because um, I was, it's like going to Disney World and yelling at everybody, you know, wake up, it's fake! It's like, who cares? That's if you don't think it's fake, you know, uh, if you think it's fake, you're, you're wrecking the experience anyway. So that's where, that's where we were and just walked around feeling miserable, all the enlightened uh, people and then there's a one of us um, found drugs and then we all start taking drugs. No, that's not true. Oh my goodness, you can see you can see reality. No, yeah, I don't think you ever can. So don't worry about it. I, I think I have. Good for you. Bless you. I think I have opened my eyes to reality. I love it. I love that you think that. My idea is this. This is what's happening to me, and I don't know that it's happening to anybody else, so I'll just say it's happening to me, and if it's happening to you too, you'll go crazy. And you'll say, that's lovely. That's, what's, that's my experience. My experience is this, that I am, I am, my entire existence is just perception. Everything is just I'm perceiving it. And then I'm interpreting, and I'm doing some kind of interpretation so that I can navigate it, you know, because I see, oh, uh-oh. See, some things, decisions lead to pain. Others lead uh, to pleasure, and some uh, lead to needs fulfilled, and other uh, lead to needs deprived. And so I begin to make these decisions and these observations. And as I get older, I realize that a lot of these observations that I'm making, a lot of these perceptions are misperceptions that I'm, I'm, I'm just getting it wrong. And then my interpretation is equally wrong. Now, that's not very comforting. And no older person wants to admit, I actually no less, and now I'm scared and confused. But that's really, if you've been paying attention, uh... There's a move to deny that, say, no, Hardy, you're, now you're robbing older people of that wonderful self-satisfaction and that, that, uh, that the arrogant um, uh, piece of uh, someone who thinks they've uh, figured it out. Well, I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to get back to, uh, I'm advocating for, for self-delusion. I want you to imagine that you're somewhere you're not. Well, nothing will get done. I know. I told you, don't listen to me. 
What's going on? I'll tell you, uh, here's a story that was told to me when I was going to, I was going to captain school. And they tell you a lot of things when you're captain in any kind of ship. One, don't let them see you nap. Because it scares them, even though it's not really dangerous. So, always pretend you're awake. Right down to, we would have little devices that sounded like we were still talking. And we'd have them wear them around our neck and they go, Yep, that's one time I was going off. Blah, blah, blah. Um, another thing they tell you is you can't know everything about flying a ship. It's just a very complicated vehicle. And so you have to be resigned to the fact that some of the buttons and dials are just going to be a mystery. And maybe nobody knows. There is this uh, theory that the people that made the ship actually don't know what a lot of the buttons and dials are for. And we have fun trying to find out sometimes. I wish you had multiple lives, like in the video games, though, because some of the some of the dials I'd like to go for, but we've turned them just a little bit, and, and stuff's gone badly wrong. And uh, it's one thing to lose a passenger; it's another to lose a crew member. So we uh, have cut back on that kind of experimentation. Three, another thing they tell you: don't eat. There's nothing worse. Here's why they have a third set of controls in the captain's laboratory. There was an instance where one of our uh, people was trapped on the toilet and uh, the autopilot was not engaged and he had to make up this device where he's got these two broom handles and he's sitting on the, if you can picture this, he's sitting on the toilet and the, uh, the door of the head's open and he's trying to move the controls of the plane with these two, one's a mop and the other is a, 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 a whisk or something. No, I'm thinking of a Dalek. The other's a, a broom handle and some such. And uh, he's driving the plane like, this. oh God, and his gut's in an uproar. And, uh, you know, they landed. But then they had to put you know, a set of controls, and this is very expensive. And so they're saying, well, here's a, here's a solution. Don't eat, especially don't eat whatever he ate. And um, you know what it turns out? You'd think, oh, it was like beans or some kind of thing. It turns out it was just one of these high-fiber cereals, one of these natural, you know, like uh, uh, crunchy oats, crunchy, crunchy crackle crisp oats or something. They look like they're healthy for you. And you eat a fistful and bye-bye bowels. Bowels are like, what's what's happening here? And um, it's like firing off a couple rounds at rush hour in the train or something. That's what happens in your bowels. And they go, the, there's panic. And, and that's fiber. That's fiber for you, isn't it? Yeah, we have fibrous society. Some of us, what are you? I hope I'm clear fresh water yes you are some of us are some of us are little pieces of nut some of us are nuts and so those of us who are nuts get caught in the diverticuli of the great um, colon of society and become irritants and we're not trying to be irritants it's just that there are these little pitfalls that nuts fall into and when they're in there they, they get excited, they panic, and they cause inflammation and pain and cramps, societal cramps. And I hope that we're not doing that right now. Part of me wants to. Oh, my goodness, you know there's so much injustice and everything, and I think if I just get on the radio and talk about, uh, I don't know, pooping on a spaceship or something, I, got, I really don't know what this episode's about. Can it change everything? I mean, there's this idea that a butterfly flaps its wings somewhere and that chaos theory comes into existence and then somebody writes a book about it and they go, what? Let's, it's the 90s. Let's write a book about fuzzy logic and then that disappears and then they write books about other things and blah, 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 blah. One thing leads to another. It's like dominoes or OK Go video. It's causality and uh, where does it end? And you want it to end. Halfway through, you go, I get it, I get it. I get it. I get it. Stuff falling onto other things. Boop, 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 be doop. And I realize that the 
things that I'm saying here today to you on this spaceship are just like one of those videos that Rick, I got too close to the microphone. I'm now going to, that is the end of the portion of the show that I'm calling uh, Spaceship USSS USS ASMR RRLMAO and RRR. Now I'm going to do the portion that I like to call Rainy Campfire and I'm going to speak to you like we're stuck in a cabin. No, just leave the static off. Stuck in a cabin uh, somewhere in a beautiful comforting storm. I'll put it on later. Maybe I even won't. I wonder what we're listening to now, whether I eventually did it or just left it off. I think he left it off. I don't know. We won't know ever. But the kind of cabin we're in is the kind that you might share with Charlie Chaplin, who is trying to eat a shoe, and it might go something like this. I'm Charlie Chaplin, and my girlfriend is 30 years younger than me, or something like that. Paulette Goddard, is that her name? And I'm eating a shoe made out of licorice. Hi, I'm, um, I forgot my name, Billy something? I forget. I forgot who's in the Charlie Chaplin shoe-eating thing. I'll think about it. I used to know quite a bit about the silence. The silence? You mean like the Doctor Who villains? I don't know what you're talking about. Silent films. We would call them the silence. The silent era. And it's funny because it wasn't a silent era. There was sound and people making noise and everything. In fact, during the silent era, there was a war, a really loud one, I think. And the great thing about the silent era is you couldn't hear the screams. So now you can. Oh, now they put them in. Even they put Foley maybe in. They add, can we, can we sweeten it, they say, to the screams? That's awful. Um, they do that with laughter. You know, you're, what you hear on the television used to be, it still isn't, reality. Even if it's filmed in front of a... The following is filmed in front of a live... Excuse me. The following is filmed... I'm going to do another take. Go ahead. The following is filmed in front of a live audience. And then the people are laughing. <laughs> I went to see a taping of the Cosby show. And they had a fluffer. They had somebody coming out working the crowd because you got to watch multiple takes of the same scene. And believe me, the fu- the jokes aren't funny the first time. By the third time, you do the the last thing you want to do is laugh. But also by the third time, you you laugh ironically. So it's kind of perfect. But they have somebody working the crowd, and he's like, you know. Um, this guy was like, I'm sorry, I know it sucks, and, you know, Cosby's a horrible person. No, this is before that, so they didn't say that. Um, also, I'm trying to think. I think there was somebody working the crowd for... I've only seen two shows filmed. Uh, and one was Letterman show, and the other was uh, was Cosby. Every New York person goes, meet the same here! But it's true, like, because, uh, um, you know, one was at the... Uh, Sesame Street Studios in Astoria, you know, the, the Queens uh, one. So that's where the Cosby one was. So if you've seen, uh, if you were on Sesame Street, a lot of my friends were on uh, Sesame Street because they were in pop bands and everything. So I said, oh, I'll count with you, Elmo. No, that's not true. And then um, David Letterman was, was there at the Ed Sullivan Theater. And I saw that. And I unfortunately saw an episode where most of it was pre-taped and remote. And we just sat there and watched the monitors. And boy, I was mad. But I got back because I peed. I peed myself. And I just let it, I let the pee go on the seat. And I said, I know the person who cleans it up is not, I'm hoping it's going to be David Letterman. Or maybe Chris Elliott's down there and I got him and I don't want to do that. No, this was long after he was gone. He was gone and he had had plenty of time to do his thing and people went, wow. I love it. First of all, if you're listening, Chris, you changed my life. I really think you're so great. And your father, also, thank you. Thank both of you. Um, and Because I, I had been going 
to psychiatrists. Then I saw y'all's work and I was like, there's nothing really wrong. Or this could be lucrative. That's another thing you think. Uh, now, the rain. Hey, the rain outside sounds a little dangerous. Should we be doing anything? I feel like the walls of the cabin are starting to squeak. Have you ever been up into a high rise and there's a windstorm and the whole building starts to sway and then it falls over and you perish and then you uh, wake up and you're a baby and then you live a whole other life? Oh, this is so tedious. I can't believe I remember all this. I don't. Um... I'm getting the, the age where I'm starting to worry that if I get reincarnated, I'll remember this life. And that would bother me, I think. Because I'd be like, I know I'd be coming to to Lexington or something and going like, I, I know you don't know me, but I'd, I'd like to see the inside of your house. <laughs> so I don't really want to, I don't really want to remember things. Uh, you know, I'd like to just start fresh. Start fresh with... With the same attitudes, I don't know what they are. Essentially, you're just a. I'm still, I think, a product of things that have happened to me. If people hadn't have been, I had some sweet people when I was a baby. I guess somebody taking good care of me, because, you know, uh, I had that, and that. I don't know that you have any control of that. And how does that not form you? So uh, I can't imagine that there's anything sort of essential that I brought with me, and that that I'll take with me. Other than the sum total of the information of my, you know, existence. Just let's listen to the rain together. You, you didn't. Doesn't matter. Do you hear it? Oh, I love the rhythms of rain on the roof. And I like the sound of blood. As it courses through my ears and I hear my own pulse As I submerge myself in the sensory deprivation tank of love and grace That I feel in your embrace and we are here together Praying for salvation from the times that we are feeling all that I'm not done! I'm not done! I don't know why I started singing it I always am inclined to present unfinished pieces. I will show you paintings I'm not done with. So that's a lovely torso. Who's it going to be a portrait of? And I go, I haven't decided yet. Maybe Washington. Maybe somebody else. I don't even know. Who is your, who is your favorite writer, Hardy? My favorite writer? Oh, I don't know. I couldn't pick one because if I pick one... I mean, I have a, what if I've only read two? So my favorite writer could just be one of the two I've read. And then that doesn't tell you much. Well, just tell me the books you've read. Is that shorter? Which takes shorter time? I'm not sure I have a favorite one. And I'm not sure if I told you. I'd Maybe I'd be trying to impress or shock. Or I'm not even sure what the motivation is for telling so i'm not going to say and maybe i don't remember any people do that when they ask me my favorite movie that is that's how you short circuit my memory for movies i will not remember any same with jokes tell a joke hardy they're all gone thank you for doing that what is that about that it's like you can't you know it's like trying to look at the a person that's in the just at the side of you. you know there's people that live in your side vision the people in the black suits when you try to look right at them they're gone no oh well well they're there but they move so quickly and if you don't think they do go try to uh chase a squirrel around a tree and don't see if it's always on the other side of the tree how do i know it's even there i did it for about eight hours before i realized there was actually no squirrel on the other side of the tree but had he been there he still would have been, you know, obscured from my vision because the tree's there. So that's what we're doing in that spaceship that we were in and now in the rainstorm. If you've tuned in late and I keep talking about a rainstorm, you're going to be very, very confused. And, um, and maybe you won't be. That's the thing I don't even know yet. It's so strange that the future can dictate the past. Everything I'm saying could be 
take it in a bunch of different ways because you don't know what I know or don't know. Isn't that amazing? You don't know what my worldview is. And I see people all the time. I'm, uh, now I'm whittling and I'm because I'm going to drop some wisdom. I see people all, whoop, I dropped some wisdom. Five-second rule. I'm picking up the wisdom. It's dirty. It's filthy. Don't eat it. Don't put it in you. Don't put that in you. That wisdom is foul. It's been dropped. So forget it. Oh, I don't want you to do that. Because I know if you're like me, you're always looking for solutions or answers. And if I give you something that looks like one, it's like candy. I think that's what the thing... I, I make wax fruit. I make plastic Japanese display food. And sometimes I really got to tell people, don't eat it. It's just pretend. It's pretend food. It's pretend wisdom. You know? The only thing that I think permeates, and it just does that with all art and pretend food and everything, is, is the 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 love so love is the equivalent of the hunger so your salivatory glands could be triggered by a a beautiful fake bowl of cherries sour beautiful sweet cherries mm, red and shiny and you, you start to salivate even though they're glass or something like that so I can speak to you on the radio and I can utter some false wisdom and I can tell stories that are blatant lies and I can try to confuse and obfuscate but what I can't do is I can't hide the essential love that is the underpinning of it all I feel something and I feel it towards others because I recognize that it's the closest thing that I can come to uh, using experience in my senses to finding some sort of purpose. And it doesn't make much sense. It could kind of, how could the what of my life be the who? Uh, it's uh, kind of easy to explain because all the wars that are fought are not fought by the soldier for the nation but by, for the person next to him in the foxhole. Because it's that relationship that matters. And that's the real thing. It isn't abstract. And the realest thing that I can experience is are the uh, others, the, the companionship and the, the love and the um, you know, experience in the world with others and uh, that's the closest I can get and as far as reasons I don't know well the only thing I can say is that now I was a child and we did this you find other kids in the neighborhood I'm going to go out exploring I'm going to find other children there is a someone his name is Mark uh, there is someone her name is Susan uh, and Mark and Susan the three of us are going to play something in that empty field uh, what are we going to play and we're going to pretend we're something what are we going to pretend Let's pretend it's uh, island. We're on an island. What are we doing? Just chores. Okay, we're doing something really ordinary and mundane on an island. Uh, I thought, Susan, I thought you were said you were going to get us coconuts. I does. I tried to get coconuts. And I didn't find any. Well, what did you find? Well, I was exploring uh, the shells. Well, we're exploring shells, but we need fruit. Listen, you're not the boss of anything. Well, let's have a vote. Let's see who. I don't know. That's but we did that when playing then. It always ended with us drafting a constitution. It's so funny. We always go, oh, I guess we need a contract. Because y'all are not able to just wing it. I wish you could freestyle your cooperation. We didn't have to codify it. It's ridiculous. But okay. So we hereby resolve that we need a certain amount of coconuts. And uh, we'd have that. I would, uh, the kids today, I was, this is insane, but I was uh, watching some young kids play at a sleepover and they were pretending they were a condo board and there was some kind of contention about 
whether the fees were going to go to the maintenance of this one area that was near the clubhouse but wasn't really part of it. And, oh, is it really commons? And, then, and um, uh, you know, one of them was pretending to be the condo board president. And, uh, you know, uh, they were funny. They're just yelling at Sherman, you're out of order. Like that. And it was so hilarious to me and very accurate. Very accurate. Um, so I, I don't know whether they, because I think a lot of these, I searched it and I went on the kid's computer and it was like every other video is like, you know, Century Village, um, you know, conflict or something like that. So they do their homework. They know what they're doing. The kids today, there's kids today. There are kids today. And we thought that wasn't going to happen. A lot of the adults in the past said there's not going to be kids today, so we don't have to worry about things. And then they didn't do anything to give them hope or jobs or anything. And here they are, kids today. What do you think was going to happen? Oh, let's give them something. I'm all for, what are you going to give the kids? Candy, skate parks, just over there. And then it's good. that's how you get them to go over there. You can get them to go all in one place. All of them by themselves. If you just give them some really simple things. It's like, you know how like a, some of them you give them a box? Give them a big empty swimming pool. That's what we do. Let them trash it. Um, what else do we give them? We were going, there was a, an idea that some of these towns, these industrial towns that have gone bankrupt and that are, in, that are completely derelict, that we give them to children. And um, they were going to, even Detroit, I think, they were going to say, give it to, give it to children. Let children go there. And there was all these meetings, and they screened the, um, they screened like the Michael J. Pollard Star Trek and everything like that. And, they, you know, because they were going to call it the um, Grubson Only Land or something like that. But um, um, Bugsy Malone, they screened that. So kids can run a thing. Kids will organize themselves. And it's so funny because I just read where they proved Lord of the Flies is wrong. That's actually psychologically not how children, because they did an experiment and they abandoned some children on an island. And that is not what they did. They didn't do the Lord of the Flies. And in fact, I think like the fat kid became the president and everything even because they don't even say that. They wouldn't say that. That's horrible. I I. I I was a heavy set child. I had to shop. We always shopped in what was that? What'd they call you? Like chunky, thick and chunky or something section boys? They don't even have it anymore. They just they don't humiliate but they used to humiliate children by saying, Oh, you want you need chubby, size chubby. Uh this was explored on King of the Hill, I think, in episode two, a very special King of the Hill, where that happened to Bobby. Husky, that's what they call it. Husky. Lord, try to spin it. Try to spin it. I was heavy because I was sedentary. But, like, here's the thing. I might not have been doing athletics, but I know more about the Three Stooges at that time than a lot of my peers did. Maybe now or about even, but at the time. And I am proud of that. And I know it left me fleshy. And I don't mind. Oh, my goodness. Now I don't mind in others. That's the thing. I accept all people. Because I had to accept myself. That's a, a nice thing. I always go up to say, people and go, look, at you, you, I go, do you have any, any self-love, oh, disgusting tramp, I'll say? And, and I'll go, yeah, I do. And I'll go, well, then you must love others a lot because you're so horrible and disgusting. And if you love yourself, then you must cut everybody some slack. And he went, except you. You're awful. I'm sorry. That's okay. You're, I guess you're just stupid. That could be. I cop to I cop to that being stupid. I've never been accused otherwise. Sometimes I think I'm really smart, and I wonder why others, the society, doesn't see it. But then there's if there's opportunity for comparison, that's when it becomes striking. In its absence, if it's only if I only have the internet to compare, I think I am an intellectual god. But then if I meet somebody, anybody. Really, I go, oh, I'm not. And that's delightful. I love that. Oh, I don't want, who wants to be special? Not me. 
If you go to a restaurant and they tell you the special, they're usually, a lot of times, they're out of it. Being special means that they, you could be out of it. And you don't want to do that. You want to be aware. You want to be present. And you want to be engaged. Unless you're married. And then you don't want to be engaged. That's awful. Tell, please, please tell them you're married. Don't do this. Um, I'm just so, I don't want to make anybody sad. Isn't that awful? You can get in a life. Oh, morality. It's so difficult, isn't it? What's the right thing to do? I try practice in my dreams and where I get it almost 90% wrong, I find. The me in my dreams makes some terrible decisions and just ooh, awful things happen still. I wonder if... So the other... This happened to me the other night and I... I, I a lot of you know, three of you know, because I tweeted about it. And that is that I, I went to sleep and I had a dream. And in the dream, someone mentioned the dwarf house. And, I, and in this context, I knew what they meant. They meant a restaurant outside town. And I was like, yeah, that's the first Kentucky Fried Chicken. And in my dream, this was all. Now, I woke up and I was thinking about it. And I looked it up. And it's not. It's the first Chick-fil-A. It's in Atlanta, not Kentucky. But I swear to God, the reality I went to sleep in, it was Kentucky Fried Chicken. Now, it doesn't matter whether I switched realities and there's other universes or multiple universes because there might as well be because that thing changed. Now, it was very small, so anything that was based on that, you know, there wasn't much resting on it, you know? Uh, but some people get other big things, like, you know, you're, you, know you find out at, at 60 or something you're adopted. Well, that can really, under, you know, undermine your worldview, not destroy it. And, of course, there's bigger things, you know. You're being raised for food by aliens or something. That could really, you know, oh, now I don't know what to believe. God bless you. Uh, moo. So uh, all these things can change your reality. And mine changes, I think, every time I wake up because I've had some kind of experience in my dream. And I've, had to, I was, I've spent a lot of time, I think, making sense of it while I'm asleep. But I'm making sense of something that isn't real. Now... If I'm doing that for like, you know, hours a night, what is, what is really going on in my head? What, is, uh, what do I think the universe and reality is? I wonder if I make any kind of distinction between types of experiences, real ones and, and ones that aren't real. Like, uh, you know, the expression of perceived slight. Oh, my God. Perceived slight can cause a murder. Perceived. Doesn't have to be real. Could do the same amount of damage. Oh, because it isn't. It's in the perceiving that is the problem. Oh, we are looking. We are looking through a glass darkly. Aren't we? Oh, well, the only thing I can send to you that you will get through the, uh, not even through the, uh, you won't even get odor. How can, I, how can I signal you? Oh, friend, I'm reaching out to you. And I want to uh, uh, embrace you. And I want you to be able to rest in a great bosom of, uh, the bosom of anything. It can be uh, um, the comfort of nature. Nature's bosom. It can be uh, the bosom of, of space, of deep, dark, empty space where there's just a lot of, so much brown noise, I guess from the engines and everything. Engine, engines, uh, roaring there, comforting. And they really emulate the circulating blood in utero and our memory of being an infant, and the beating heart of the mama, and uh, wonderful memory, and then we are born, and then the mama turns out to be uh, terry cloth 
covered wire monkey, and everything is uh, shattered for us. Oh, bless you. Ah, there are things that are deeper than the physical, aren't they? Yeah, like what? The non-physical. The mental? I guess. Yes, you are. Is this a mental gym? No. What is the equivalent? What is this show to you? I wonder. I hope it's. I hope it has value to you. Bless you. I really want it to be more of a. I don't think of it as being educational or edifying in any way. I think it as being uh, inspiring, but not in uh, with any positive or negative connotations there. Just I want it to be something that makes you do something. Because I remember when I was a, a young person, I would go to poetry readings. There was two kinds of poetry readings that were inspiring to me, very good ones and very bad ones, because both of those made me want to do it. And the very bad ones were like, well, well wait a minute, he's up there. And, um, you know, he just yelled the word flesh at the top of his lungs. And so I, I could do that. And then there was that very, very good poet and she made me think, well, that, you know, look at that. Look what's possible. I'm going to try to be, there's the bar. I'll try to do that. So that's something to compete with. And the other thing is something that uh, lets you know where you're at exactly. That's why always you're hanging out with, I always think, let's say you're, let's say you're in high school. I'm in high school. You got a best friend? Yeah. One of you is the dumb one. Really? Yep. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Now, the dy- I don't know the dynamic because it could be like Barney and Fred where Fred is actually the dumb one. So, you know, you could be the sidekick and the smart one. But Barney is the dumb one. I don't, I think we're both pretty smart. We'll see. Wait till those, uh, wait till the college acceptance letters come back. Bless you. Oh, you're so, you want, I don't want to go to the fancy school anyway. I'm with you. Stick with that state school. Oh, oh, meet me at the buttery, Phoebe. No, you don't want any of that. No, come on. You'd be like, you know, I'll hold your head while you get sick. And um, all sorts of things like that. We don't even have classes anymore at the state school. It's awesome. It's just football. That's great. It's just fan. I'm, I'm majoring in fandom. That's a beautiful thing. I wouldn't mind. Are there courses... This might be a major. I don't even know. But can you, um, I'm sure you can major in doing either putting on or going to cons. Like, you know, like Comic-Con or Devil-Con or Mem-Con, Def-Con. Any one of those where you go to the convention center and people in all sorts of creative costumes. I saw one fellow, was Archie Bunker. And... Um, but I think you can get a degree in that now even. Oh, I love to cosplay with you. Uh, cos cosplay, where you wear just tacky sweaters and... Um, I'm not going to ever stop... Well, never, I'm not going to go into it. But Hickey Burr remains a great song in spite of everything. But I think it's, it's just the baseline. Can it just be re-recorded as just the bass line? I'm going to put that out there, if we could do that. Oh, bless you so much. Oh, my friends, <clears throat> thank you for spending the uh, time with me, letting me be your spaceship captain, and uh, putting up with that crazy rainstorm. Oh, it's still so loud. And listening to me, Hardy White, on Miracle Nutrition, WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, 91.9 in Rockland County, New York City, New York, and online, WFMU.org worldwide. Thank you for listening, and I will see you again next week.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. 